This is a Federal News Network podcast. No one is yet sure how much money appropriated under the CARES Act last spring was expended on fraudulent loans. But for the second big chunk of business relief spending enacted last week, the Small Business Administration has revised its procedures. My next guest has been watching carefully. He teaches national security at Georgetown University and is founder of Giant Oak Search Technology, Gary Schiffman. Gary, good to have you back. Tom, it's great to be back with you. Thank you. And we spoke last summer about the inability, perhaps, of SBA to be able to see into the data to know where the loans were going, but also some rules made it easier for businesses they might have been intending to get money being overlooked. What's different this time around? Yeah, Tom, so the the big um, the bargain, the trade-off, if you will, that we talked about last time was we have to get money out into people's hands as quickly as possible because there's real suffering in the economy and people need the money. But we also want to try to deter fraud, waste, and abuse. And we talked about how it was going to be a banner year for fraud uh, in the United States and globally. And and I think the, the data will show that it, in fact, was a banner year, unfortunately, for fraud in the United States and around the world. What's happening now is the, uh, the, the Biden administration has come in and they've, uh, they've put some new rules in place around the PPP program to further get money out quickly and to address the fraud issue. So I think we're, we're just collectively getting smarter about the PPP program and we're, we're learning a lot and we're starting to incorporate those lessons learned. And I think this is all just goodness and we're moving in the right direction. So what should be a good oversight regime then? Because I think the whole oversight and review setup from the CARES Act is barely in gear at this point. Yeah, that's right. So what the, the purpose of law enforcement is to deter crime from ever happening. Um, and, and sometimes people uh, miss that point because we focus on catching the perpetrators of crime and, and arresting and convicting them. The goal is not to arrest and convict more and more people. The goal is to be so good at identifying crime and imposing a punishment on a crime that people choose just not to do it. And that's what we're missing out on. So in this bargain that I just talked about to get money out into people's hands as quickly as possible, we are unfortunately incentivizing crime or we're not disincentivizing crime. And so that's why there's this massive spike in fraud. What we need to do is realize that screening up front, screening up front, has to be a part of getting the money out the door quickly. It's a false choice that you can either deter fraud or you get the money out the door quickly. Technology enables us to do both. And I think we need to get past this false dichotomy or this false choice of you have to do one or the other. We have to do both. Because when you look at trying to get money into the hands of micro businesses, single person or two person types of businesses, which is one way of getting more equitable, I guess, and more even distribution of the money among everybody. It becomes harder to establish, I think, is this really a business or just someone who calls themselves a whatever just to get a chunk of dough? How does the right. federal government possibly know this? You could check if the person has a D&B number or if they're registered with a state authority that licenses businesses, that kind of thing. So how can you make sure basically individuals or very tiny operations are who they say they are? Right. That's, that's, that's exactly right. That's a great question. So the, when we first did PPP, if you recall, one of the big criticisms beyond the, the fraud point that I raised is 
that only the kind of the larger, more established companies were getting the money or they were getting it faster. And, um, you know, rural companies, uh, minority owned companies, companies of less than 20 people, uh, sole proprietors, independent contractors were, were at the end of the line and, uh, and were disproportionately uh, neglected in the first tranche. The Biden administration is is now prioritizing this class of businesses, and I think in again this is a, a good lesson learned, and we're moving in the right direction. The other thing that they're adding, or that the SBA is adding, is um, they are putting responsibility on the SBA for clearing and vetting businesses. So before the SBA gave the money to the banks, and the banks were were solely responsible for doing the vetting that. Is this a legitimate business? Um, SBA is now responsible for that vetting, um, and they have to pass SBA fraud checks, SBA fraud checks, as well as database checks, public records checks. And in the banking world, they're very, very familiar with something called an adverse media check. Adverse media is casting a very wide net across publicly available information to determine. Are people who they say they are, uh, do they have the employees they say they have? Are they running the businesses that they say that they do? And this is what the SBA needs to incorporate is these these wider checks that the banking industry is already very familiar with. We're speaking with Gary Schiffman, founder and CEO of Giant Oak Search Technology, also a professor of national security at Georgetown University. This information then is in public databases, and it becomes a matter of what? Subscribing to the right data and then doing some sort of analytic approach to it? Yeah, that's right. The The data are, are available and out there. We did a study in, in my own firm where we looked at the first 70 cases brought by the Department of Justice for uh, felony fraud in under the PPP program. And according to our internal research, a full 20% of the cases brought by the Department of Justice never should have been issued, like the, the, lo- the loan should have never been granted in the first place. It just proved the fact that the checks were not happening. So the capability to do both, this idea that we have to get beyond this false dichotomy between you either get the money out quickly or you do the screening, is you adopt technology. So machine learning, artificial intelligence technologies today allow us to do large-scale, high-speed screening of populations in a way that allows you to kind of break this knot of, of having to choose between one or the other. We can do large-scale screening. We can mitigate risk. We can deter fraud, which is the goal, not to catch fraud, but deter fraud from ever happening and get money into the hands of the struggling businesses uh, and the people in the independent contractors and people wherever they are, we can get it into their hands quickly. And the answer is we just need to adopt technologies that that exist. It's it's machine learning. It's artificial intelligence. We live in that era. It's already here. One of the things that happened that the banking industry knows really well, Tom, is that the um, the the one year after a year of coronavirus, digital transformation, which is a topic I know you've covered, digital transformation is only accelerating. It's accelerating throughout the banking industry. It's accelerating in government agencies. Um, this has to happen in the SBA program so that way we can 
deter the fraud, deter the crime, and get the money out the door quickly. Because at some point, this becomes almost surveillance in a sense. Suppose someone is just by the innate nature of their business. I'll make up one. Say they build homes, and they're not a massive publicly traded home builder, but just a private operator. They may have two or three full-time employees and use a bunch of 1099s to do framing. You know, that's a small micro-business, and it would qualify for a loan. But Shouldn't the program also know, well, maybe he applied for a loan, but how would you know if also they might have landed a $3 million mansion contract three days earlier? Right. It's a, it's a great question. And I think there, there are limits to, to what a government agency can and should do. There are three kinds of fraud that we've seen after the first year of, of PPP. There are people who claim to have a business that doesn't actually exist. There are people who have a business, but fraudulently claim more employees or more higher paid employees than they have. And there are people who have a business who rightly claim the number of employees, but use the money for fraudulent purposes. I think those are the patterns that we've seen over a year. And I think that's where we need to focus on, which is, is a PPP applicant, do they actually have a business? And is that business do, do they actually employ 10 people like they claim, or do they employ 10 people and yet they claim to employ 100 people? A lot of the fraud that the that law enforcement that the DOJ has, has identified has been really kind of simple, basic people just lying and saying, well, I have 100 employees and they all make $150,000 a year exactly. Like things like that, we shouldn't be tripping up on these anymore. We should be doing the screening. We should be doing the vetting to identify, is the business real? And does the business have about the number of employees that they claim to have? And I think if we do that, Tom, I think that's a, that's a pretty straightforward, simple step, and it will deter most of the crime that we've seen after the first year. Gary Schiffman is founder and CEO of Giant Oak Search Technology, teaches national security at Georgetown University. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.